Welcome to the Rich Talk Podcast. We've gathered some of the best presentations from our events into this audio-only format so that you can stay up to date about the latest Richardson trends and influencers while on the go. As always, we'd still love to see you in real time at events, so make sure to watch our calendar announcements for one that inspires you. At this Women in Leadership Luncheon, sponsored by Methodist Richardson Medical Center, Gabrielle Madison, the Director of Community Relations for Thompson Orders, visits with Anna Butler, the Managing Editor of the Dallas Business Journal. This compelling discussion demonstrates that quality time you spend with valued friends and family can make a difference in maintaining your work-life balance when inevitable life changes come your way. Let's hear what they have to say. Thompson Reuters case has responsibility over community and educational partnerships for the company's numerous locations. She works with Thompson Reuters team members as well as civic and charitable organizations to develop community engagement strategies that make an impact and build brand awareness. And she has a gift a passion for giving back to the community. Anna is the managing editor of the Dallas Business Journal. She has the responsibility of running and operating the side of the publication's newsroom, including managing and reporting staff and overseeing news coverage. Butler previously served as business, business Journal's assistant managing editor and associate editor, a role that included overseeing editorial events. She joined the Business Journal in October 2015 from Austin-based luxury travel publications Andrew Harper. Before that, she worked for the startup cookbook publisher in New York City. These remarkable ladies have very successful careers and are going to help us discover it's the quality of time that you spend with most valued friends and family that can make a difference in your life. Please welcome Anna Butler and Kate Nesson. was um, having to move my dad 
from Houston to Dallas uh, two weeks after my husband had passed. I instantly became my dad's caregiver because he was 70% blind and he had lost his wife five months before my husband passed. The plan was already in place for my dad to come to Dallas, but my husband was gonna help me take care of him. So now I am uh, a widow and I am a caregiver to my dad. And then the third punch was um, in this process of trying to adopt uh, the um, agencies that we were working with kind of started um, making a decision for me that I was not capable to take care of these two kids. They didn't really like the concept of me being a traveling, working mom. And uh, so amongst to having to deal with the fact that I lost my life partner, having to take care of my dad, now I was in a battle to try to keep these two children that were really helping me to get up every morning. They were giving me purpose. They were helping me to say, you know, I'm here for a reason and I need to understand what that is. So well, one of those things is a lot to deal with. All three of those things, I can't even imagine. How would you personally deal with all of these changes happening at once? So um, I definitely am a woman of faith and uh, I probably up until that moment had no question about my faith. But when that happens to you, your faith, it gets rocked. Um, so I had to really walk what I've been talking and what I've been saying that I was. And so I had to really refocus myself in this time to understand that things may be happening, but there's going to be options, there's going to be help, there's going to be support, there's going to be uh, a way to get myself back on track. And I had to tell myself that every single day. I had to wake up, that was the first thing, I had to wake up. And the second thing was just saying, I'm gonna get through this day. And some people were telling me, hey, you just need to take it day by day. I was taking it hour by hour, sometimes minute by minute, because to think about the end of the day was way too much. So um, really, my faith and my support system, I, have been very, very blessed to have an amazing support system um, that has really carried me through this. So I can't really say that I was handling this all on my own, if I'm really honest with myself. Um, I've had a great support system. And I, I, looking back at that time, which is very hard to do it in some cases, but looking back, it was like, man, every day, presented a new set of challenges because life kept going. Nothing stopped. I kind of expected the world to stop. Like, y'all see this crisis I'm in? Everybody should just press pause and let's, let's figure this out. But the world kept going. And I had to figure out how I was going to still be in the lane of the highway and, and not get ran over in the process. So in these two and a half months of complete transformation, you took on three new roles, which was caregiver, widow, and single, single parent. Um, I think that we all hear a lot about work-life balance, and there's a lot to be said about it. Did anybody try to give you advice about how to navigate this through 
heard the work-life balance. And actually, I subscribed to work-life balance. I mean, it was kind of like the buzzwords for the last 10 years, you know? You gotta have work-life balance, and you gotta do these things to, to um, make sure that, you know, you're, you're not strong on one end and um, de uh, depreciating in another end. And um, going through that, I, I kind of have a new concept about work-life balance. Um, I had all types of women, all generations of women giving me advice through this. I mean, I remember my grandmother, she's um, 85 years old, and um, she came up when all of this was happening and she said, um, now I, I think that you need to quit your job in order for you to do this, and I'm like, I've never felt more pressure to have a job. <laughs> So she, she saw things a whole lot different from what I saw. Um, then I had this, you know, expectation that from my job, of course, you know, when are you coming back to work? Um, and I was like, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I can put in eight hours towards something else when I have all this going on at home. Um, and I would say, thankfully, I worked with, I feel like, the most amazing company because they worked with me throughout this whole time to accommodate for all of this. Everything from, I used to travel uh, every other week to another location within the company and um, they just said, hey, we're gonna figure this out. We're gonna take you off the road. We can figure this out. We are a technology company. We should be able to see how we can uh, make amends for this. Uh, they worked with me on my schedule. They worked with me on things at home. So I was very blessed in that. Um, but this um, work-life balance, uh, I felt so much pressure. I felt pressure from uh, family. I felt pressure from friends. I felt pressure from uh, my children. And I just I couldn't wrap my head around, how can I please all of these entities, these roles, these hats that I wear, how can I fulfill all these hats? And so, um, I, um, she's gonna be so upset that I'm mentioning this, but my mom's here, and she had no idea she's gonna be a part of my speaking engagement story today. <laughs> but uh, her and I, uh, I'm very, very fortunate that um, I was raised by a single mom. I never wanted to be a single mom because I saw what my mom went through. She is the most brave woman that I've ever known. I've seen her tackle some pretty big beasts. We grew up in a town that um, was racially divided and I just admired the fact that my mom never allowed um, fear to creep in our house. She showed us how to be brave, how to stand up, but she also was an amazing educator. She took in everybody. And the courage and the, the um, no fear attitude that she had just helped me to navigate my current road. And um, one day we were having this um, vibrant conversation about um, how much I work. And she was like, you know, you just work too much. You, you need to really think about, you know, giving back to your kids and you're not here a lot. And um, I said, Mom, you know, one of the things that I realized is I'm not 
able to be all things to everybody. And I've been very blessed and very fortunate to have in my life these amazing people who have strong sets and skill sets that I don't have. And for me, God whispered to me and said, utilize them. And so my mom was, she had the um, perception and the expectation that I was to be very involved with my kids' day-to-day -day homework. And I was like, I can't, like that's, <laughs> I can't understand second grade math and that. But here my mom is a 30-year educator who has an amazing way of working with my children and many other children. And I said, you know, God wants me to have you to be able to do that, to take that on, because I cannot. And I started realizing that there were so many other people he had placed in my life to take on the areas that I really didn't have a strong suit in. And so I started really realizing I don't have to be like the expert in all of these hats that I'm wearing. I really have to go to the people who are the expert and depend on them to help me, show me, encourage me to be the best that I can be in the role, but also link to their expertise. And that that was kind of our, our um, I come to Jesus moment, I think. Um, we, we really realized that our role, we were meant to play different roles. Um, I wasn't going to be the single parent that she was. And um, I was going to do things a little bit different. And she respected that. And it changed the way we viewed how we were going to raise these kids. Because she is day in, day out helping me to raise these children. So I, I appreciate that. Well, since you decided to go rogue and talk about your mom, I'm going to talk about you <laughs> for a few seconds. I just, I hope that y'all get the chance to actually meet Gabe because I've known her for about three years, and she's someone that I, I met her through work. So I was interviewing her for our 40 Under 40 Awards, and we just hit it off, and I was like, she has so much joy. Where does she get that from? She's exceptionally kind to anybody that she encounters, and she has the most infectious laugh you've ever heard. Um, but in that, it was one of those things where I was like, I knew her story, and I couldn't figure out how she could still do everything at the level that she does it. Um, and so when we were kind of getting to talk about the background of this, it was really exciting to hear about it. Um, and her authenticity, I hope, is coming through to y'all, because that is really one of the strongest things that she can bring to the table is that authenticity of self. Um, and so I think thinking about work-life balance, what would your advice be so that everyone here can kind of bring that authenticity to dealing with work-life balance on their own terms? Yes, yes. Um, so I have three tips, and I um, caution myself in saying this because I have a coworker who is here, and we've been talking about when we do, when somebody says, we have three things that we want to show you on how to do this. Sometimes they only say two, and we're like, what happened to the third one? Or PowerPoint slide that doesn't include everything, and we're like, what? So hold, hold me to task, everybody, on the three. <laughs> so um, the first thing that I will say, and I have to go off my notes so I can make sure that I keep to the three, um, 
especially us as women, and I'm sorry for the men in the room, but as women, we add a lot of stress and burden to ourselves when we feel like we have to fulfill all these roles. We have to kind of give ourselves a pass. I mean, to be honest, I think we're the only ones that are keeping ourselves in this this expectation. Other people, I don't think, are really tasking us to do that. So we, we've got to allow ourselves not to take, take on that stress and that burden of it. Um, because after a period of time, it it will be like the noose around your neck, and, and you will start to regret the roles that you're playing. And I think all of us value the roles that we're playing, and we don't want to regret them. But we, we've got to figure out how do we um, how do we give ourselves a pass? How do we go to the others that are experts in this? Um, and another thing about that is we have a lot of responsibilities and a very small amount of capacity in most cases. So either we need to decrease the responsibilities or increase the capacity. And I think most of us would say, hey, how do I just increase that capacity? Because I don't want to get rid of these responsibilities. Um, and that goes into the second thing um, as far as the tip is, to increase your capacity, you really need to look at these other people in your circle that have a passion for some of these things that you want to still pursue, those responsibilities that you still want to carry. Look at these other people in your circle or really try to seek them out to, to help you in this. Um, I said before, I have an amazing support system and um, I would say that they are really carrying me throughout this journey. And what that has done um, has allowed my relationships with my circle to increase because I'm allowing them in. I'm allowing them to uh, take on some of this responsibility. And for some reason, we have gotten away from our community and our circle and getting together and having these, what I call, gatherings and allowing people to come into your life and help you allows for them to to uh, gather with you which is therapeutic in itself and it allows them to serve the purpose that they're supposed to somebody told me and i was saying no i don't need your help you know i got this and um, they were saying to me um you know if you don't let me do this you're actually blocking my blessing i was like wow <laughs> and not allowing you to do that. And so when I heard that, I actually started thinking, man, you know, it's not just about me. This is actually, in a way, uh, an ability to help somebody else. So please allow people to help you. Allow them to be in your life. Allow them to help shoulder some of these responsibilities and burdens that you have. And the third thing I will say is, getting into a rhythm. Now, as I'm telling you this, I'm telling myself this. <laughs> I live a pretty chaotic life. <laughs> My coordinator is here. She can attest to that. <laughs> I live a pretty crazy life. But I'm really trying to get in more of a rhythm. When you're in this rhythm, 
You understand more about what you can take on and what you can't take on. You understand more about your priorities and you understand when moments happen, how to keep that rhythm and how that rhythm will help you to keep going. You are life, life is going to happen and life is full of change. This is by far not what I would love to be speaking to you about today, the, the things that have happened, but it happened. And what I feel um, my purpose is, is to help others in how you respond to these changes. We're gonna lose loved ones, we're gonna have some type of tragedy, nobody is exempt from it, but it's how you respond, it's how you get up that's going to help not just yourself, but others around you. And that's what we're here to do. We're not an island. We're here to help. We're here to um, make things better in this world, in this earth. And, and that's what I had to understand as I was trying to get up from that one, two, three punch. How do I keep going? How do I not let uh, the changes in life keep me down? And I know there are more changes coming. I know that there is going to be something else, but now that I've learned how to get up, now that I've learned how to utilize the help of others, I think when the next tragedy, the next change comes, I'll know how to respond. Well, um, we do have a little bit of time for Q&A. If y'all want to talk to Dave about anything that you heard um, from her or her story or really about what she's doing right now, which is always fascinating to me. Um, so if y'all had any questions or wanted any more advice, I mean, this is a great mentor right here in the room. Um, popcorn. My kids are nine, five. Um, when we first got them, they were five and Oh my goodness, uh, he was actually one, my son was one, and in three days he was going to turn two. So in a very short amount of time, we had to do a birthday party, and um, we also had to enroll my daughter in kindergarten. So uh, it was very, very uh, fast paced, which is actually how we like it most of the time. <laughs> Yes, so I am very, very passionate about um, getting girls into STEM. Uh, so I work with uh, Spence Middle School, which is off of 75, and uh, Haskell is a Title I school. And I work with North Dallas High School through the P-TECH program. Um, and uh, Thompson Reuters is just an amazing company that supports STEM education and or supports um, helping families to, to find, so we see this as a, a double impact. Uh, Spence Middle School uh, has 90% of the population in poverty. Um, this past year, we uh, did a couple of things with them um, through the help of SciTech Discovery Center, which Laura Karen is here. Uh, we were able to um, do this program called Girl Power, and uh, this program took 16 girls 
that most likely would not have exposure to STEM education or STEM opportunities, and we took them through a six-week course that uh, really introduced them to robotics, to programming, and they absolutely loved it. Uh, and then uh, the reason why we partnered with Spence is because they're the feeder school into North Dallas High School. The other thing that we did with them, um, I just, we just happened to be there the day that they were trying to coordinate a food pantry at the school. And I was like, a food pantry at the school? And they're like, yeah, because a lot of our kids, they go home on the weekends and they have no food. And some of them have no adult supervision. So we need to get food that they can easily prepare for themselves and their siblings and um, so we're trying to, to create a food pantry. And so I went back to my office as I usually do, and I'm like, yep, we're gonna start this food pantry with them. <laughs> For the next six weeks, Thompson Reuters gave a delivery every Friday of over 600 items for the food pantry, and it was amazing. Challenges on trusting. Um, 
I, I think the best thing that I've been able to do is tell myself what's the worst that can happen. Because I let them take it, and then maybe I have to take it back because they weren't able to do it. But I would never know that. I would never understand that if I just didn't give it a chance. Now the other part is I kind of look at people's lives and I kind of see, you know, are you able to do this? Have you shown some type of uh, track record of being able to do this? Um, for a large part, you know, my, uh, my trust factor comes with finances. I don't trust a lot of people with my finances. <laughs> and then being able to trust people with my children. Like I'm extremely protective of my children because of what they went through. Um, so I have to be able to vet out that, you know, you have their best interest, you have my best interest in place before I can allow you into this circle. And it's watching how people are. I mean, it's it's understanding and helping them to understand my story. Um, sometimes I've had to say no to people because they don't understand that my daughter, who at five years old, had been to four other places to live. So we were her fifth home. I can't allow her to just go with anybody. I can't allow her to just be exposed to anything. I have to be very, very mindful of what she sees and what she hears because that triggers different emotions. But everybody doesn't understand that. And um, I, some advice I was given, which really helped me, was I am a people pleaser, by the way. Um, so part of that comes like this whole thing. I don't want them to think ill of me. But I have to say no on behalf of my daughter when she can't say no. And so I had to understand that there are cases that I'm going to have to be the voice that she can't be. But then I also have to understand, I can't do this by myself. And she needs other people around. She needs other women around to show her how to, to be at her best. So I would say to your clients, yes, you've probably been hurt. You've probably been knocked down um, in that one, two, three punch. But you can get up, and there are others out there that want to help you get up. And I think that's the hard thing to believe during those times is everybody's out to get you or everybody, you know, is against you. When that's not the case, there are so many people that are out there wanting to help.